All right, welcome to a special edition of the Damon Bruce Show. It is great to have you here. We are uh, looking at Tuesday, November 28th, and we are in Eagles week. And because of that, we want to get inside of that team, inside of that locker room. And when you're going inside of Philadelphia, there's only one man to talk to, to listen to, and that is John Kincaid of 97.5 The Fanatic. But beyond that, I've known John for at least four or five radio lifetimes, and it is good to see you, brother. How are you? It's good to see you, too, and I am... uh... What am I? Uh, two weeks cancer free today. Man, so that is from the day one. I got from the day I got told that I was cancer free. So three times survivor. That's wonderful told, news. I was told by a doctor back in Atlanta when I had two cancers down there. Uh, he said, "Don't Google three time cancer survivor because the numbers aren't good." And it was so funny because it was in my head the whole time. Not funny, but it was in my head the whole time. This is going to be a battle, but it came out victorious. And now I think it's because I'm supposed to be in Vegas to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Oh. That's why I think. That's why I think it's one of two things. God either thought I had more to do on this earth, or He said I want no parts of Him. He's annoying as hell. So it's one <laughs> of the two, and it could be either one. I mean, the odds, the odds, you know, the odds on my sports betting app say it's at minus one seventy-five. He wanted no parts of me. Well, look, I'll lay the action with you, brother, anytime, because <laughs> you, you, you beat it all, you're surviving, and, uh, and the only thing I can do, other than tell you how happy I am about all that, that'll make you feel better, that'll feed your ego more than that, is you were right about Kapler. Took us a few years yep. to figure that out, but you were right about Kapler, John. <laughs> I'm right, yeah. Gabe uh, and his coconut oil and his uh, eating ice cream and then spitting it out, he's just a kook. But he's a good man. He's a good man and a good person. But I would, I honestly don't think he could lead a bachelor party to a strip club. And, <laughs> I, think, and I think it took you guys a while to figure out because he's all sunshine and lollipops. He's all positivity and nobody's used to that. But then at some point you realize the emperor has no clothes. And for Gabe Kapler, he, he likes to have as little clothes on as possible. You, you see, know? sunshine and lollipops sells a little bit better on the West Coast than it does back East. And then he dropped right. that 107 win season, which, which was, was aberration. You know, it wasn't right. supposed to happen, but it did happen. And that's why baseball's nuts. But you were right about Kapler and you've been right about so many things in Philadelphia sports. And whenever it's Bay Area, Philly, you're the only guy that I can think of that I would want to talk to. Let's start with something really basic. You take this sure. in any direction you want, brother. In your mind, why are the Eagles 10 and 1? The Eagles are 10 and 1 because they have a veteran locker room. They have a perfect mix of spectacular young talent, spectacular veteran talent that has already won a Super Bowl and, and, and been to others. And they have the middle ground guys that are dragged along that are, you're going to do things the Eagles way, and we're going to do things this way, and this is how we play, this is how we practice. I'll give you an example. Jordan Davis last year came to the Eagles from the University of Georgia. He was supposed to be this big run stuffer and everything like that. He didn't really make a huge impact last year. He was playing roughly 18, 20 snaps a week, and you expected more out of your 16th pick. Well, Nick Sirianni talked about it yesterday. He's gotten in great shape. He has gotten, he's done everything that they've told him to do. But the behind the scenes story is Fletcher Cox, literally on a daily basis, is emailing him, texting him, calling him first thing in the morning. What are you doing today? We have an off day. What are you doing today? What are you doing to get better? So he's, they have veterans that literally sit on the young players because they say to them, we're going to help you get paid. 
And that motivates anybody, especially those of us in radio. Who's yeah. responsible? Who's responsible for setting this tone with the veterans? Is is it Howie Roseman from the top? Is it Sirianni, or like you said, a handful of players like Fletcher Cox who just said, "This is my job at this point in my career. I'm not who I quite used to be on the football field, so I'm going to make up for that by being the ultimate team leader." Correct. It, it's Fletcher Cox. It's Brandon Graham. It's Jason Kelsey. It's Lane Johnson. Those four right there are sort of like the the, the group that literally leads the young players. But that locker room, it's tight, Damon. Like 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 Debo yesterday. I'm hearing Debo, you know, going off about the Eagles. Uh, in the Eagles locker room, it's going to be very – if you unless you're a big-time veteran like a Darius Slay, those, those younger players will be just put your head down, go to work, and keep things going. I admire it. Sirianni has a great locker room. He is, he's created – and incredible chemistry here with players. And I got to tell you, his first press conference, I was ready to go, oh, my gosh. They hired Ted freaking Lasso. But he's been incredible. And it's crazy because all the veterans bought into Sirianni, and they carry the water for him. They, they, they deliver his message. They police for him. It's been amazing because uh, I, I, I questioned the hire. I was like, who is this guy? What is his accomplishments? But very much like I, like I questioned Doug Peterson's hire and I questioned Andy Reid's hire back in 1999. I don't, just because you don't know somebody doesn't mean that the people who do know football and, and, and Jeffrey Lurie knows how to hire good coaches. I mean, he just does it. Even Chip Kelly, which was a failed experiment. Chip won 10 games his first two years, you know, and, and we can't stand Chip here. It just never fit in at all. So you talk about Philly people, he didn't fit in. So outside of the 49ers, I don't think that there is a team whose I've seen more snaps of than the Eagles. I've had my eye on them all year. Right. They've been fascinating. I love watching them play. They play the right way. They play the brand of football that I admire. Just dominant on the line of scrimmage. Talent everywhere around the line of scrimmage. They're an awful lot of fun to watch. And they're in... You know, they're in a dogfight each and every week, and they come out on top. And And knowing how to win a close game is an attribute that's foolish to say, well, they're not blowing teams out, so therefore they're not quite whatever. No, 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 no. Winning tight game after tight game against quality opponent is part of winning DNA, and they've got a lot of it. On the other side of that coin, though, what's the weakness, John? What's the one thing that keeps you as a talk show host and Phillies fans up at night and they think, well, there's the blind spot. That's the incomplete on this team. Well, everyone keeps telling me they're 10 and 1. And I tend to be very much have a critical eye. But this team is hard to you know discredit. They're awesome in so many ways. They're 5-0 and against winning teams. All the winning teams they've played, they're 5-0. and So that's good. But what I don't like is Every single week I've heard from Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts or somebody telling me, we haven't played our best game yet. You don't want to be, and the, and the talking point in October was, you don't want to be playing your best ball in October. You want to have stuff to work on. Well, guess what? Sunday afternoon, I'm going to be in the stands. It's my annual Eagles daddy-daughter game, and my oncologist says I can go. And nice. I'm going to go sit in the stands. I will be eight rows behind off the field in the end zone, and we're going to have a great time. It is, to me, it's December, though. I haven't seen them say – they keep saying, we haven't played our best game yet. We still have things to work on and everything. It's 11 games in. I'm freaking impatient. They're the NFC champions. And I expected it to be more like last year where they got out to Leeds and then unleashed the defense and they boat raced people. I expected a little more of that. But honestly, they're scoring a tenth of a point more 
at the 11 game mark than they were last year. It makes like it makes no sense, but they just know how to win, Damon. And but they can't put four quarters together. They have not put four quarters together in any game this year except Miami. And they dominate. The Dolphins came in with a lot of talk and they dominated them. True or false, Jalen Hurts is already the best quarterback in franchise history. I'm leaning towards true, but I have too much respect for Donovan McNabb yet to say that I'm just going to give him that. Give me If I have a sample size of an extra 20 games, I, I think I'll join you on that one. I certainly think it's trending that way. Jalen Hurts is a – the big thing is, though, is something he is the best. He's the best quarterback leader the organization's ever had. He's amazing. He is, uh, everybody stands behind him and walks behind him and talks like him and listens to him. And you know, he was brainwashed by Saban. I mean, he was he was put through that Saban, you know, program, which is very much like being caught in a Southern cult. You know, and he, he ended it humbly. I mean, it yes, ended absolutely. on a humble note, which is and really good for a young player, I think. What was, what was really cool is he wanted to, and you know, he stayed because he wanted to stay there. He wanted to finish his degree. And then he knew he could potentially transfer the next year because he would completed the degree. And then the weird thing was, you know, he gets taken out of the national championship game the year before, and he comes back to bail their butts out in the SEC title game. So he, he's an amazing guy. He's just uh, – he's robotic. So I have a hard time understanding, sort of relating to him because he's just like – Totally even keel. And it's purposeful. It's not. It's not. It, people like it's who he is. Yeah. He's got a little of that Kobe Bryant type of um, assassin mentality, working, outworking everybody and everything. But I got to tell you, the, the, it's by design the way he speaks, the way he leads. So he's wildly talented. Yes. Whenever he struggles, maybe in that passing game, just a little – he, he, look at it this way. He might be the best quarterback in team history. He's definitely one of the 10 best running backs in team history already. This guy touchdowns and button and bunches on the ground. It's like Tebow in the sec. Yes. He's one of the best goal line backs there is. Well, the, the tush push is incredible. And it's so funny to hear people scream and cry that it's not a football play. It's absolutely a football play. And it's because you have a dominant offensive line and you got the quarterback and everybody hears it too much who has squatted 600 pounds. I mean, he's a beast. And so that lower body is so strong, you can't, you can't fight it. But to me, it's the idea that, Damon, he, is a, he's, he's, you, he gives you so many things you have to think about as a defensive coordinator. And, uh, and, and, and I don't think from watching the 49ers this year, their defensive coordinator is going to be like, well, we can't come up with a plan. They, they, I, know you, I know your team is going to come with a really, really good plan. And it's absolutely the best team the Eagles will face this year. It really feels like the game that we were all promised in the NFC yes. title game that couldn't happen because of the the injury to Purdy. And I've seen, you know, there's a little static like the, some Eagles are talking about like, oh, the 49ers are crying and boo-hoo. No, no, no they, they really weren't. They were just bringing up the fact it totally sucks to lose your starting quarterback in the first well, quarter of an NFC title game, which it does. Well, I would tell Kyle Shanahan, who I know from his days in Atlanta, I would tell Kyle it was his mistake to not have appropriate blocking for a guy like Hassan Reddick, who was one of the number one sack guys in the NFL last year. That's on, that's on Kyle Shanahan. And that's something the Eagles did. And when I hear people go, well, our quarterback got hurt. No, the Eagles hurt your quarterback because your head coach didn't have proper protection. And how many quarterbacks did, if you count the NFC title game, how many quarterbacks did he get hurt last year? Four? 
I mean, that's a Kyle Shanahan thing. That's a Kyle Shanahan thing that I even watched back in Atlanta. Matt Ryan was getting sacked left and right. Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind. I think he's the best play caller in football. I really do. I think he's the um, I think he's the one of the most creative minds, and I think he has a brilliant just mind of being able to throw out of run formations, run out of passing formations. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. But protecting his quarterback, the Eagles did that. The Eagles dominated the San Francisco offensive line and knocked two quarterbacks out of the game. That's not something that was unlucky or whatever. No, it was you were dominated, and that's what they don't – they've never acknowledged. And also, too, when I hear Debo, oh, we were clearly the better team. Bull crap. If you were clearly the better team, you would have been hosting the NFC title game. Bottom line. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's, well, we think we're better. Well, you know what? I know this. The Eagles would never lose three games in a row under any circumstances. This Eagles team isn't losing three games in a row. So when I keep hearing all the chatter, I'm like, what's going on? The, the Eagles have lived rent-free in the 49ers' heads, and they continue to live there. And it's not happening here. We're not getting the, like I, was, I said this morning, where's the crosstalk? Where's the debate? Like, where are the Eagles firing back? No. They're just like, okay. And I do think, by the way, it's totally rational for the Eagles to be underdogs to the 49ers. Like, I think it's totally rational because just look at the numbers across the board. The 49ers have been a team that is more likely to pay four quarters. The 49ers have been a team that has been, I think, when they win, it's much more they just come out and, and they sort of impose their will. And we saw a lot of that from the Eagles last year. But I'll say it again. There, ain't any, there, isn't, there isn't any three-game stretch in the schedule where the Eagles would lose three games in a row against anybody. And the Eagles have now gone, they have done, they called it the gauntlet earlier. You know, the, the, the Dallas, the Buffalo, the Act, the Chiefs. This is a really, really tough team to beat. Not saying the yeah. 49ers can't do it, because if anybody can do it, it's the 49ers. I think they're the absolute most dangerous team in either league to the Eagles. I think these are the two best teams in football, to me, that are going to be meeting on Sunday. I do too. I mean, I think we're so you're looking. You're the at same it. way. Yeah, I do. I, I don't think that there's an AFC team that is necessarily better than either of these teams. There's always Correct. A, there's a yeah. handful of teams, and it's a small handful of teams this year that can beat anyone. But in that small handful, it really feels like the Eagles and Niners are sitting on a line that no one else has reached. Not the Cowboys, not the Chiefs, not the Dolphins, not the Ravens. Maybe right. the Ravens. We'll find out more. Maybe the Ravens. The season we'll goes along. Um, so. With all the talk that you've had with guys who have covered this team going back a, a couple of years, have you got any inside information about Jason Kelsey Hargrave practice battles that might tip the hand to what could happen on the line of scrimmage? Because this game gets decided in the trenches like all football games, but this one even more so. And to me, Kelsey's just looking a little tired in the last few games. I think the Eagles are, they're going through a bit of fatigue. They played overtimes. They've just had a lot of snaps on their defensive bodies over the last couple of games. Kelsey, you know, he was, he just doesn't look quite like himself. I know Lane Johnson is a little banged up right now. What is the status of this offensive line? And beyond that, any inside dope on Hargrave, Kelsey, former battles that we should know about? Well, I can tell you, and I don't get to attend practice often, but I can tell you that the respect that Jason Kelsey spoke of Hargrave was high. So if that's any measure of it, I can't tell you, like, these two going against each other. I know this. 
Hargrave had a, I think, had his he had his career year last year. But he's a tremendous player. He was tremendous here. He did a great, great job. He came in here, and he really stabilized things. And thankfully, though, the Eagles end up getting Jalen Carter with the ninth pick. And he is literally a public menace. He is defensive rookie of the year. No one's going to come close. He's been amazing. But what I can well, tell you is the offense, guy in Dallas who could come close. Defensive rookie of the year? No, I don't think he's I don't think they're giving it to a corner that they're gonna give it to Jalen Carter, who is literally he how about this? He is statistically of everything. I think they said the other day he's double what Aaron Donald was in his rookie year. And I think they're gonna value that more because disrupting the quarterback's what it's all about. But to me, I'm looking at this as far as the offensive line. I expect Lane Johnson to play. Uh, he popped scar tissue from last year's surgery. So he just popped scar tissue. He had inflammation. I believe there is zero chance that Lane Johnson is missing the game on Sunday. So that's one thing. Second of all, and by the way, when the Eagles don't have Lane Johnson, it's a problem. I literally will light candles at church that he doesn't retire at the end of the year because I do think Kelsey's retiring at the end of the year either way. And then I think that Lane Johnson's probably – Maybe two more years, maybe one more year, maybe two more years. So this offensive line is very stable. Kelsey, though, you talk about that is I, I I'm going to put a conspiracy theory out there. The other day you had the two uh, the two false starts uh, that that ended up making it a 59 yard field goal in a in, in a series. I think he had to go to the bathroom, and I floated <laughs> that on the air. I think he had to go number two, and I think that's why he went right after the that was done. He went quickly to the locker room. I think he had to go to the bathroom. And you know, Damon, you're sitting on what, – what's it out there? I'm trying to think. Is it the five, the, the highway or something? You're sitting in traffic well, or whatever? One, yeah, well, 101, okay. five, you're absolutely. One, okay. You're sitting in traffic. Man. You're sitting in traffic. You have to go to the bathroom. I'm getting twitchy too. I'm not able to not have a false start either. I mean, I may have had a worse ending. But I think that was part of it because on the last – on the game-winning touchdown against the Bills, it was literally sprung by, first of all, brilliant play design. And sec uh, Kyle Shanahan would have loved it. And second of all, Kelsey's block sprung absolutely. He just cemented the guy, and that sprung Jalen Hurts for the touchdown. So it's it's going to be a great it's going to be a great game on Sunday. I mean, it's it's it's. I have such respect for the 49ers. I, I just I respect it, and from knowing Kyle a little bit in his time in Atlanta, I respect him. Uh, even though he lost the, the the playbook the week of the Super Bowl at the Super Bowl media night, which I don't understand how you could possibly do that. And uh, I also know he's a put the towels out at the pool guy and then go home and come back later. And that's that that always is a no no to me. Yeah, it's I don't a, like that. I say, that's inside that's inside information on Shanahan. I like he this. Is, the, the, he's a pool guy. He's a guy that when he was in Atlanta, go to the pool, put their towels out, and then go home and come back two hours later. And that's a no no. That tells me he deserves to lose on Sunday. Oh just my goodness! Just on that alone. Just on that alone. Between between the Kelsey bathroom <laughs> trip, the the lounge chairs. I mean, it really is. This is the poo poo platter. This is inside information. I mean, from John Kincaid. This is the, this is why you listen to Damon Bruce and nobody else. Uh, Niners got a big chip on their shoulder to win this game. Does Philadelphia have a big chip on its shoulder to win this game? I mean, there can be kind of downplaying a rivalry if that's what we're talking about here. Maybe that undoes. I, look, there are two things that the 49ers really have going for them. A few extra days to prepare. That's big. Three days. Yeah. That's big. 
and the motivation, the real motivation to go in and set what they think is the record straight after losing an NFC title game. I think the Niners got that going for them beyond 10 and one and home field. What are the Eagles got going for them in this game? I think the fact is, is that uh, I believe the Eagles defensive front will win the battle against the 49ers offensive line. Uh, Brock Purdy does this way too much where he turns his back. I have no idea what he's doing, but I have, I have a lot of respect for the guts that young man has. He's a gutsy guy. Um, now I've heard some things and I've read some things out of San Francisco that Brock Purdy in the rain, you don't want. And it looks like it's going to rain. You want the rain on Sunday? I'll no do one a wants rain. rain. I'll do a rain dance all week if Brock Purdy sucks in the rain. Because that's what I'm I'm seeing from people is that Brock Purdy in the rain, people don't like him as much in the rain throwing the football. Oh, I'm going to do the rain dance for Sunday afternoon. I, 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 mean, I, don't think we, I don't think we've seen enough games of him in the rain right. to make any to like, about definitive it. statement about what he is or isn't in the rain. Well, the one thing I, I would say is, and I think it works, is that I believe the Eagles will win the, the defensive front against their offensive line. I think the Eagles have the better quarterback in the game that is more likely to make the clutch plays and to win games for his team. Uh, but I, I think that's based on experience, by the way. I'm not taking a shot at Purdy because I really do respect what he's accomplished. But um, I also think, too, when one team circles a game on the calendar and makes it their regular season Super Bowl and the other team does not have it that way, I think that's, I think that's usually a danger spot for the team that built up too much into it. And I think that is going to be – I think the Eagles win a hard-fought game on Sunday. Really hard-fought game. Like a 23-20 type of thing that it's going to be a bare-knuckle brawl. And the 49ers are going to bring their – I believe will bring their A game. It should be a great game. There's no oh, doubt. Be. I'm glad that we got a chance to talk to you about this, John. Uh, we're early enough in the week where if people watch this – you know, I like I hate sure. when we do a Friday interview and then – you know, people who might be traveling to the game have already made their plans. It's early enough in the week where any Niner fan who's traveling to Philadelphia for this game, here is the list of John Kincaid do's and don'ts. Let's start with actually going to their first game at the link. A, a list of do's and don'ts for Niners fans who are going. Okay, here's this. And I saw I saw one radio show out of San Francisco that was like, we were treated terribly. Look, uh, if you're going to the game, just be low key. Be low key. And I mean, you don't have to be Niner hat, Niner jersey, Niner thing. And then when they're sell when you're score, when you're scoring, you're celebrating where you're in the middle of an Eagle section. Just be low key, cheer for your team, whatever. Nobody's gonna give you a problem if you're not looking to in your face type of thing with the fans. Because at that point, well, you're on your own. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> That's all I can tell you at that point. You are on your own. Restaurant scene, do's oh. and don'ts. The city's so much more than a cheesesteak. Set the world, oh, yeah. set the record straight. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Every San Francisco fan who's visiting, uh, the it's called the Reading Terminal Market. It's spelled like reading, but it's the Reading Terminal Market. Think of the Seattle Marketplace, but totally indoors. It's literally a three-block area of dining and snacks and stuff that you can go, you can go eat, you can go pick up food. It's awesome. Great, great stuff. Um, you'll have a blast. You can do breakfast there. You can do lunch there. Whatever. You can't do dinner. Breakfast and lunch, it'll be closed. Dinner, get, see if you can get a reservation for Ralph's. Reservation for Ralph's in South Philly. But your early listeners of this week will have a better chance to do it. It is the oldest, it's the oldest family restaurant in the country of any kind. And it's got the historical marker out front to prove it. The Italian food's amazing. You'll absolutely love it. 
My my uh, my mom liked it. My wife will sometimes say the service isn't really big. They're more like, no, sit down. You're sitting in mama's house. They're feeding you your food, so you don't look like that. That's always good. So I think those are those are two really good spots. Everyone's going to tell you for a sports bar, Chickies and Pete's, you know, which is great. If you find a PJ Wellahans, they're great too. Uh, the really aggressive tattoo guy who's got he's like he, he's he's like yeah, the he's mascot Dunphy. at this point. His name's Dunphy. With 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 the, the Philly fanatic around yeah. his belly button his and the, the yeah. blowhole, uh, what is that guy's story? Should we be rooting for him or against him? I think you should be rooting for him. He's really a fun guy. He really is a nice guy. He's just he's out there. And the thing is, <laughs> clearly, in Philly in Philly out there works. I mean, it works. He he works with well, you know some local casinos and does stuff and everything. Uh, and and he's he is a fun character. But more importantly. He's just a guy who's there to have a sort of a, a joyous event. And uh, I guarantee if there's a San Francisco tailgate, he'll come by, sample the food, and maybe have a little beverage with you. Real I'm good. Guessing, Real I'm good. I'm, I'm guessing the Phillies don't want to see Bruce Bochy in another dugout anytime soon. Oh, my gosh. I, I swear to you, is that how was Bruce Bochy on his, like, on his back deck or around a pool for a couple years? He's always been a great manager. And it's just he's such a spectacular guy to talk baseball with too he, he's amazing and i can't believe the way i can't believe the way the season went either so you know it's just for the for the phillies to lose to lose to arizona i mean seriously give me a break i like i just i can't get over it and two years in a row it happened the same way they were up two games to one in the world series last year bats went dead for three games this year up Three games to two coming home for game six and game seven, and the bats go dead again? That's inexcusable. It's absolutely inexcusable, and it still pisses me off. And I don't thank you, Damon, for bringing that up because I've sort of gotten over it a little bit. But, uh, you know, with all the joy of surviving cancer, but surviving a Philly season sometimes is just as aggravating. Tell everyone what you're doing tonight. I will be at the uh, Flyers game tonight uh, versus the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Flyers are – it's the Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And the Flyers have invited my wife and I out, and we are going to the game. And uh, they're going to be a special. They're, they say the press release says they're honoring me in game, and then I'm getting a special gift. Well, David, they had me a special gift. I mean, you know, I mean, at that point, I'm in. But the general manager of the team, the, the president of the team, Keith Jones, he was longtime sports radio host here in Philadelphia, and retired from from that to do this. And so we're going to have dinner before the game. It's going to be a really nice night. People are being so kind. And I can't wait to have Damon Bruce hair back because I feel like I've got like the Julius Caesar cut going on right now. But at least I have no bald spots or anything. And it's all coming back. I'm a very blessed man. It looked good. And people's kindness has been absolutely amazing from all over the country. Even people out in uh, Northern California and, and Southern California who maybe used to catch stuff on the network. So kind. People are so amazing uh, with the support, and I love all of them. And when you check in on me, too, that was always very kind, too, and I always appreciate that. Look, you know, you put it out in the world, and then when you need it, it comes back to you. And you've always been a guy who's been a positive person. You've been friendly. You've been approachable. And you're a real you're a real person in a sea, in a sea 
Yes. Big bullshit artists, <laughs> especially dotting our sports radio industry. Mm-hmm. You're a real one, John Kincaid. I'm lucky Thank to you know buddy. you. I am uh, so happy that your health is taking a turn for the better. And let's keep it in that direction. Thanks for joining us for a little yeah. Eagle preview. We couldn't have done it without you, brother. And you got to join me later in the week. So you got that coming. So I get an early wake up. I'll just get the coffee ready to go. And I'll just, what, Tuesday? We're doing uh, uh, Thursday. 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 Thursday at 9 a.m. So it's 6 a.m. And people can listen at 975thefanatic.com. But we will also podcast it because the Damon Bruce, the, uh, you know, joining us is worth podcasting for our audience. So it'll be out there too. And people can watch our YouTube channel and do that too. I'll find a, a flattering picture of you. Please I'll do. There, there, there's plenty of you between. You the lettuce archaeologist to find the one. Lettuce is, the lettuce is still looking great though. That's Thank great. you, brother. Right, great to see you, John. Have a wonderful day. There he is, John Kincaid, breaking down the Eagles, getting you ready, and I will be continuing getting you ready when we wrap around to a normally scheduled Damon Bruce show at 11 a.m. It's coming up a little bit later, but if you're watching this, thank you so much for watching. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We're getting closer and closer to 10,000 subscribers, and I thank all of you. I thank John Kincaid for his time, and we'll have much more for you throughout this week. It is Eagles week for the 49ers, and it doesn't get much bigger than that. Sports don't build character. They reveal it.